Springfield was the first city to host the NBA All-Star Weekend three times. Live to a hard drive from the 16th floor of the Hammonds Tower, you're listening to Spring Food Mo, America's number one podcast about restaurants in Springfield, Missouri. I am Andrew R. Carr, and with me today is Daniel R. Carr. (laughs) (laughs) We have a very special announcement that we've actually already made, but that's okay. We're doing a live show, Dan. That's right. Why? Why are we doing this? Um, I legitimately have no clue. Arts Fest contacted us and said, hey, can you guys do a live show? <laughs> That's without- what I think about whenever I think of art. <laughs> yeah. Our podcast. Quote, unquote, art. <laughs> 70% of the people at Arts Fest will not know what a podcast is. Oh, that's. I, I would I say it. that's low. Yeah. <laughs> that's a low uh, <laughs> number there. We will be performing at 3.30 p.m. Sunday, May 5th. Let's put performing in quotes again. Yes. <laughs> We're going to try to do a real episode of the show live in front of people. Mm-hmm. We don't know how it's going to go. Hopefully, We're going to well. be covering a very special <laughs> restaurant. Where are we going to cover, Dan? We're covering Mexican Villa, guys. Mexican Villa. Finally getting around to it. Off requested. We normally don't announce it in advance, but we thought this might drum up some uh, interest. But also, we are not going to... Drum up be doing the <laughs> we have chicken fried chicken in front of us and our guest pointed at chicken and said drum up i was very which confused. is very funny <laughs> thursday the bio section for our mexican villa episode will drop into the feed so we're not going to do that live to save time if you want to listen to that before you should it's going to be the best thing you hear in that episode <laughs> probably <laughs> We should probably come up with some sort of joke for like live, but not to a hard drive. We'll work on this off Buddy, the air. Who are you talking to? You know, I've already thought that through. <laughs> we Stay do have a <laughs> couple guests today. And we're very excited to have. What are you guys names again? I'm kidding. I know your names because <laughs> they're the same as our names. Yeah. I was going to say Daniel drum up Posey. That's that's all I got. <laughs> Introduce me. <laughs> well, Daniel introduced and himself. Drew. <laughs> yeah, he ruined it. Flat. <laughs> get it? Because drums and yeah. flats. I get it. I don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. You, <clears throat> those jokes Drew, are not going to work with me. Drew and Daniel co-host the Quality Check podcast, which is a really fun movie podcast, and we thought it would be great. To have them on to coincide with the release of Avengers Endgame. Yes. Check off the summer movie season. Heard of it. We just recorded a very long episode of their show where we talked about Avengers Endgame. And it was a lot of fun. It was very good. I, I really had a good time. Uh-huh. There's not that much coughing. <laughs> and I know, Andy, you've been on the show once yes. before. But to have both of you guys on at the same time was, was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. It was a treat. We got to trash talk Avengers Endgame hated it <laughs> we thought it was easily the worst film in the last 11 years look this is a bit we all really liked it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had a really good time talking about it though so we are here gathered today pot avengers friend game oh that's good pot avengers friend affinity war <laughs> it's got tingles all over my body podcasters <laughs> assemble indeed and we have assembled here to talk about the Backlot at the Alamo Draft House, Ooh. the restaurant there, which uh, breaks some of our podcast's rules, but we'll talk about that. Let's let's learn a little bit about uh, the Alamo Draft House, shall we? 
please. Springfield had never seen anything like the Werenberg Campbell 16 Cine when it opened back in May of 1996. The first theater in town to feature stadium seating and Sony dynamic digital sound, a technology that was already halfway through its lifespan and would require an upgrade just three years later to accommodate the release of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Money well spent, for sure. No, for real, that movie sounds amazing. Just like go back and watch the pod racing sequence with the volume cranked. It's truly a feat of design. Anyway, the first ever public screenings at the Campbell 16 happened on the evening of Thursday, May 9th, 1996. They showed some popular movies from the last few years. Braveheart, Apollo 13, Toy Story, Forrest Gump, Babe, and Mr. Holland's Opus. I think three of those movies are pretty good. One of them is a classic, and the other two are very bad. I'm not going to tell you which ones are which, though. The official grand opening of Werenberg Campbell 16 Sene happened the next night, May 10th. Five of those 16 screens were dedicated to Twister, while the rest were divided between... Antonia's Line, Barbed Wire, Mrs. Winterborn, The Substitute, Oliver and Company, Fear, Up Close and Personal, Homeward Bound 2, The Truth About Cats and Dogs, The Birdcage, and Celtic Pride. At the time, I was only nine years old, but my dad took me to see Twister. Or at least, that's how he remembers it. I certainly can't recall it at all, but dad said the lot was so packed that cars were parking on the grass. This is not even a little bit important, but back then in 1996, the newsleader employed a dedicated film critic named David Daly, and this dude was convinced that the Campbell 16 was going to bring art films to Springfield. He wrote about it several times, almost like he was willing it to happen, which, you know, it didn't. In one of Daly's articles, he went so far as to include a list of film suggestions, which included The Postman, Mighty Aphrodite, and quite admirably, in my opinion, Chunking Express. I bet Campbell played the postman, but it would still be another decade before Springfield finally got an actual art house theater. I'm sure we'll have occasion in the future to talk in depth about the Moxie, but not today. This is obviously just coming from me, but the Campbell 16 was kind of an awful place. The lobby was loud and gaudy and the seats were pretty uncomfortable, but it was where I fell in love with movies. There and family video and over hundreds of hours pouring over IMDB, the internet movie database. I love just about every memory I have of the Campbell 16, even the ones, especially the ones, of sitting on the floor in that awful lobby with my dumb buddies, spending hours in line on Fridays waiting to see whatever blockbuster was coming out that night. When the theater was closing in 2016 on its very last evening in business, I gathered my friends and tried to see the very last movie that would ever show there. That movie turned out to be Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. We laughed a bunch and it was fine, and we stayed until the end of the credits to watch the lights go up for the last time. But then as we were walking out, I noticed that another theater hadn't finished yet, and so we went into that theater and watched the credits for Finding Dory, and then we actually saw the lights go up at the Campbell 16 for the last time. Uh, I was there. That was July 31st, 2016. Little did we know, only about a year would pass before the building would reopen in a vastly superior form. Lights, 
The Alamo Drafthouse Cinema was founded in 1997 by Tim and Carrie League. The concept was basically an establishment that was both fully a movie theater and fully a restaurant. The leagues branded the business as irreverent of societal norms, but highly respectful of movies as art, with a strict no-talking policy and eventually no cell phones allowed either. If it's not obvious by this point, the Alamo Drafthouse is very much not a Springfield business. The rest of the story is corporate and, frankly, boring. We are making a special exception to our Springfield restaurants only rule for this one single episode, first of all, because we want to do this Avengers thing, and also because, in certain ways, the back lot, the restaurant inside the Alamo, doesn't operate like a normal chain, in some ways that I think make it worth discussing on the show. Most Alamo Drafthouse locations don't have their own restaurants, so the back lot is different in that way. Also, while the menu does include many items available at Alamo locations nationwide, it also includes several dishes designed by the head chef here, a local dude who I've met before and whose name I cannot find anywhere or remember, so I'm very sorry about that. The back lot has cashew chicken and several other dishes unique to Springfield. The theater often hosts movie events with specially designed dishes and food and drink pairings, all created by staff on site. They source many of their ingredients locally. The Backlot serves beer from White River, Bruco, Mothers, 4x4, and Lost Signal. They have desserts with Askinosi chocolate and Highland ice cream. They brew coffee from the Mud House and use cheese from Edgewood Creamery and meat from Horman Markets, as well as other local businesses. Considering how many spots in town serve just straight-up Cisco Systems products, even though the Backlot is definitely not a local restaurant, in some ways it's more representative of Springfield food culture than many actual locally-owned places are. And I love it. I love movies, I love beer, love food, they have it all there, and it's all pretty good, so why wouldn't I? Let's talk about it. That was almost a bio about me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a lot about you. Yeah, what bio is this? I feel like we just got this autobiography of you, Andy. Yeah. You didn't grow up here. Did you grow up here, mm -hmm. Daniel? Yeah. Uh, about an hour outside of Springfield, but I consider Springfield to be more or less home. So, Daniel Howell, <laughs> I know you grew up here as well, uh -huh. and... Perhaps Drew experienced the uh, glory that was the Campbell 16 I Cine. I Sure. Let's just briefly share some thoughts on that. You already know mine. Yeah. Andy, you addressed Dan as if, like, there's something bad. <laughs> yeah? Was there a bad experience? No, no, I think he normally calls me Dan, and this yeah. time he called me Daniel. This is very confusing. Us <laughs> mixing our names. <laughs> Having two Daniels and two Andrews but is... Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you. My, my experiences with the Campbell 16 were overall negative. I'd say I didn't love the Campbell 16. 
Um, I more just had some weird childhood allegiance to the Springfield mm-hmm. 8. I grew, up, grew up there, yeah. Very, very close, like within walking distance of the movie theater. And it used to be good. Like, it used to be yeah. much better than it is now. Yeah. Um, I worked there for a period before the IMAX came, and while it was still the Springfield 8, um, owned by Goodrich and bad um, rich yes yes they <laughs> they were they were maybe bad rich and maybe i didn't have the best time working there and maybe i got fired because i am bad at uh, that job i worked there for one night also yes yeah <laughs> i fired myself <laughs> after the opening night of spider-man 3 was my first shift i think it was I, spider-man 2 spider-man oh, that's right i'm God. older well what did you do yeah what did i do what was your position Oh, I was whatever the lowest position was. I was working the concession stand. Okay. And I didn't get to go leave. I didn't get to leave until 3 a.m. Yeah. So like it's like you just picture yourself, you know, with huge clear bags of popcorn, throwing them into a dumpster in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. It's like, this is not and what I want to be doing. Somebody threw away some soda in there, so it's leaking out uh, uh-huh. nice soda, <laughs> trash water. Yeah, sweeping up uh, popcorn off of carpet is like... <laughs> One of the banes of my existence. In the, in the short period I worked there, I grew really uh, to hate it. Either you two work at wow. a theater? Never. Never. No. I barely did. I'm not really yeah. qualified to talk about it except that one horrible night. But I do feel like it gives me a lot of empathy for people who work at movie theaters sure. now, especially oh, sure. weekends like this where you know that they are overworked and they've been dreading, yeah. dreading this weekend as much as you've been looking forward to it. The Springfield 11 was open 72 hours this weekend to accommodate Oof. Avengers Endgame. So that's a nightmare on levels I can't understand. And that's why you are extra rude to your server. <laughs> Very rude. Can, is it, hey, excuse me. Is it possible to leave a negative tip now? you pay me <laughs> that's actually what alamo is meant to do for the little note cards that you put up on the table you're supposed to write that before you get served your bill i won't get into it <laughs> <laughs> you've got this all worked out okay. yeah so campbell 16 closed and mm. i was not exactly heartbroken it was it, i'd moved away from the area you weren't living in springfield whenever i wasn't living nearby i had oh, okay. a, i was closer to the downtown theater oh, sure. and the moxie sure daniel loves the downtown one there's there was one, never anyone there yeah i mean <laughs> i'm literally right across the street now yeah i don't know how they're in business it's, i don't know either it's, it's bizarre you know honestly a lot of times with movie theaters i end up wrapping up experiences based on films that i've seen there a lot like food a lot like what we're going to be talking about today for restaurants if you have a great experience, that memory sticks with you and totally. stays with you. And it's something that you go back to almost, not necessarily relive that, but it's this nostalgia fact yeah. factor. When I talk about the Campbell 16 being gaudy and loud and kind of gross, honestly, I remember all that very fondly. <laughs> so yeah, I was just spending so much time there. I spent so much time there with my friends, like having yeah. a great, great experience. Well, there, it's a little bit like a family member who like, Every Thanksgiving or anytime you meet up, you're like, you know what? They're kind of a jerk (laughs) and they're kind of trashy or they may end up doing something that you are annoyed by, but you're like, but they're still my blank, you know, and it's something that you're able to kind of appreciate that about them. I suspect I'm that person in my family. I'm afraid that you are. I'm 100% that person, especially the trashy part. um, But yeah, Campbell 16 was a lot like that where I remember... Go, no joke, one of the memories that stands out to me is seeing for the first time 28 days later. Mm. 
And my dad and I had no idea what we were walking into. Oh, yeah. And I remember we were floored by that. We thought you were seeing 28 Days. The <laughs> yeah. 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 Movie. yeah. The sequel movie. to that. That's <laughs> what we were hoping <laughs> for. Sure. And that was part of his uh, recovery from drugs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you walk into an auditorium and Campbell 16 and you would end up smelling that popcorn that may have dried overnight on the floors mm-hmm. or something like that. And you remember that sometimes more than an actual movie. Um, and going late at night with friends to go see a movie there, especially on like a Friday night. Yeah. So, yeah. So they closed and then shut down. It was a health code violation, right? <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> they closed and reopened a little over a year later as the Alamo Draft House, which I think it's fair to say is uh, one of our mutual favorite places to go in the city. Have you guys heard of Alamo before they oh, yeah. came here? I'd mm-hmm. been to I the hadn't... original Alamo in Austin, in Austin prior okay. to them opening here. And we have one in Kansas City yeah. where I'm from. I had been to ours first and then uh, went back to Kansas City to see family and went to that one. Okay. And I, the experience wasn't as good as ours. I missed yeah. our Alamo. Yeah. I went to that one for a film festival. They do this uh, kind of a multimedia festival where there's music and movies and some art stuff. It's called Middle of the Map. And it's basically just draft house films will showcase their movies that they're going to be releasing for the next year or so. So there was a day when I saw six movies in a row at the Kansas City Alamo. And I tried a lot of the food then. So it was a lot different. But yeah, I've been up there and... You're right. It's not the it same. It feels different. Mm. I like the the look of it. It's uh-huh. two levels, which yeah. is really cool. And then it's just, I didn't think the service was nearly as good. The Springfield Alamo is the biggest Alamo in the country. And they mm. renovated that space in a pretty drastic way. I mean, they, we'll talk about it. They turned the lobby mostly into the back lot, which is the bar and restaurant. And that's kind of an outlier for Alamos also. Some of them have restaurants, but I don't know that those areas function like a restaurant to the extent that this one does. What's crazy is to see the aesthetics change. Mm -hmm. And recently I saw the change of like Werenberg because it was in a short film Uh and Sato 48, uh, local film challenge. And so they shot, these filmmakers shot within Werenberg 16. And I was with someone, my girlfriend who had never been into, and she's like, what? That's what Alamo looked like Uh before Alamo? Like, yeah, it's crazy. Like you would never expect it to be that wildly different there's pieces of that old place still there because when we were eating dinner i was a stroll down memory lane and i was like just thinking about like you were talking about all the times that i spent there yeah in that lobby you know in the game area screwing around with friends it's fun to walk around and just think about how it used to be do you ever sneak into movies there you had to be very strategic about it and sometimes your two movies that you wanted to see were on the two separate sides because, you know, you could access one side this way, one side that way. And a lot of times they had separate ticket takers. But if you could plan it out where you had two movies you wanted to watch on that side and the times worked out, it was pretty easy to see more than one movie there. You can do it downtown very easily. Yeah. Oh, I did that. Do, do that one quite a bit prior <laughs> yeah. to uh, Alamo coming I in. always do it at Alamo. I don't know what you guys are talking it's about. It's basically impossible to do it at Alamo. No, what I do yeah. is I go... I don't know. At Endgame, they didn't check my ticket. Yeah. they some, A lot of times well, they Well, because don't, I sat on first. And they there know were, what seats are supposed to be filled and what which aren't. Like, you'll show up to a movie that has six people and now they'll have water on all six seats yeah. that are sold and they know that these are going to be sold out so yeah, somebody doesn't matter and yeah i'm like there's going to be a problem so the back lot you walk in you notice the interior is hyper modern like with metallic shades of black bluish grays and olive green the space used to be the massive lobby of the campbell 16 and they kept the four-tiered chandelier 
chandelier is plural actually mm-hmm. and the high arched ceiling <laughs> though some poor soul did complete the daunting task of repainting the ceiling it has to be what like 30 feet high at the peak i'm Something not like good that. with feet yeah. but yes that sounds good i would say 12 yards <laughs> I'm going with the metric system. I don't know if it's about if it's uh, 30 feet as much as it is 10 yards. <laughs> Down below, there are many different seating options. There's the long, sleek bar, a couple long, high tables with bar stools, a line of two shorter tables and with leather chairs with backs. That's where I sat. There's also several couches and like living room style seating, a few of which have this ornate brown design that look like Morpheus's chair in the first Matrix movie. Mm. You, guys, you guys ever noticed that? Those are replicas. I didn't. Oh, they are? No. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you have this thing where you say things that aren't true <laughs> with a very straight face. I'm so susceptible to believing. <laughs> it happens Just basically ass- every time you do it. Assume that he's full of crap. At, <laughs> 100% of at the time. At least half the time. So oh, maybe that's the- generous. I was going to say. <laughs> maybe the Matrix thing is intentional. Maybe not. It's cool either way. The back lot is generally a nice, cool space. The one issue I have with it is the TVs. There are six of them. They're all 4K. They're like top-notch TVs. They all have motion smoothing enabled. Woo! This is, I know, I know you like motion smoothing. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's not true. I know. I, yeah, this is a, I, we've, we've gone over this. We don't need friends to Friends slash acquaintances for a long while and just like long running All conflict. I can say <laughs> is go watch the Tom Cruise uh, PSA that he made for uh, Fallout recently. That's all I got to like, say. This is a movie theater. It's a movie theater with the best projection and sound in what, like a 150 mile radius? Have you ever brought this up to them before? No. Well, why don't you? And see I'm if doing they, it right now. And see if they <laughs> care. Because maybe they're, they're, they're going to be tagged in these posts. <laughs> I can't wait till they listen. This whole thing's making me want to smooth The The first Guardians movie was. Huh? <laughs> oh, about smoothing. motion smoothing. <laughs> yeah, let's go get a smoothie. Uh, the first Guardians movie was playing while I was there. It was on FX. And Did, you know so they have the movies? Did you know FX has... You just stole my joke. <laughs> what did you say? They have movies? <laughs> they have the movies. <laughs> you know, we're, just, we're here to focus on the food, right? So... <laughs> you don't want to talk about motion smoothing anymore? No, that's not. <laughs> Drink smoothing. I get it. People get used to the way it looks. It's fine. I, my, my point was just... If I'm switching between video games and movies, sometimes I won't switch back. But I get what you're saying, mm. and I've since switched and have never switched oh. back. Well, okay. you know, is when I put that 4K of Fallout in, and mm. they have they take the time to say, "This is how we intended it oh, to be," I love and that. they explain it to you, and I really admire that. I Can- personally think most films are best enjoyed on multiple screens in a Kmart <laughs> way <laughs> simultaneously. So I'm that's, cool with it. That's how you're going to catch up with all these Marvel <laughs> movies. Like, could you put these four movies on? I need to get these taken care of. So they have a special Avengers menu for this month, I believe. And there are some special drinks on that menu. Anybody else get a special drink? Not a shake. We'll get to that. Anybody get a cocktail? Mm-mm. No. no, I tried one. I tried the, it's like Hulk whiskey smash or something. I, the yeah. green whiskey smash. Green whiskey smash. The Did it smash your stomach? <sighs> no, I wish it would have. Did you get smashed? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> it, the menu says, feel the electricity with Trace Agave's Blanco tequila, Liber and Co. passion fruit, lemon and orange bitters. Okay, that's a very elaborate description for something that tasted like a minty whiskey sour. <laughs> it was not special <laughs> at all beyond being green. It was very deeply green. Also, in the picture, it has a really cool little whiskey mm-hmm. snifter, and it came to me in 
um, like a glass that you would get water in. Like it wasn't, <laughs> it didn't look cool. Like a Dixie cup. Like, oh man. <laughs> yeah. They, they just poured it directly into your mouth here. Open up. Uh, that would have been great. I would have liked it more. One of those way. cone shaped ones from like the dentist <laughs> office. <laughs> I had to ask also, cause I actually went on Wednesday the night before Avengers was going to start playing and I had to ask her, are you, you doing that Avengers menu? And then I had to be a grown man sitting by himself saying, can I get the green one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they get that all the time. They don't don't worry. That. Yeah. I, I also asked for the beach bum menu. Oh. The day after. That's like, a good menu, too. It's like, you know we carry PBR year round, <laughs> yeah, right. right? That's what I asked for. <laughs> I had my first PBR after the beach bum. Or, no, no, no. It was after... Um, it, it, it was it, one film. It no, it was Shazam. It was Shazam. Oh, that's right. Either way, it inspired me, and I tried it out. Is PBRs that, factor pretty heavily into that movie, too, right? <laughs> it actually well, does. There's like do. a row of, just like six rows of PBR. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. <laughs> so let's get into our apps. Am I the only one who got apps? No. Yeah. So I think we both ordered the green chili mac and cheese croquettes, croquettes Daniel Posey. Yep. Wow. Croquette yeah. sounds like a sport, by the way. Like croquette? I got to go. Yes. I got to go play croquette. <laughs> Hang on one second. That's actually what it's in, you're supposed to be inspired to do because you won't believe how many calories are in this too. Uh, very many. <laughs> so it's basically it deep fried balls of mac and cheese. Mine was a little different though. And Andy, you should go first in describing it because I bit into it 30 minutes after them being served. There's a reason oh. why. There's a reason why. And that's why I say, you, I think you should go first because you got it. I'm assuming hot and fresh. I am fresh, baby. My teeth were still green. <laughs> <laughs> They're crispy, crunchy. Dunking them in whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Avengers assemble. <laughs> they're crispy. They're crunchy. The breading on the outside has a real nice crunchy bite to it. The inside is warm and gooey. The mac and cheese. Uh, why did I write with green cheese on the inside? That doesn't make any sense. I'm talking about the hatch chilies. I'm pretty sure there's yeah. a little typo there. The cheese is not green. It's, you know, kind of milky yellow milky the mix of textures is awesome i i love the croquettes they come with ranch for dipping which adds yet another layer of flavor they're so rich but i feel like i could eat them all night this this is one of those items where i really wish they didn't put the calories on the menu that's the thing at the alamo every single item even the beer has the calories listed like i'm here to indulge you know there should be they should give you two options you want to see the calories you you want the one without the calories give me the ones without (laughs) My girlfriend, Drew and I, Drew and I got there. I don't know if you know yeah. this. He has a girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> He's brought her up like six times. My, my girlfriend, uh, I, I've been single my entire life, but then all of a sudden uh, she's real, I promise. But no, she. So you're like Captain America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> girlfriend that was, club. That was the dance. Uh, I, I was waiting. I was waiting for the longest time. I made a promise years ago whenever, you know, I was like eight. Uh, that I would meet someone, and the dance was... <laughs> croquettes, All right, croquettes, croquettes. let's go. <laughs> so, um, I, I danced with the croquettes. Uh, you know, it was 30 minutes later, and I was worried that they were going to be cold, but they were actually very good, even after that, because mm-hmm. they sometimes are hot enough that when you bite into them, it's like you got to just tear them apart and let them sit for a little while. Cool down. These were actually even being served later or we had them just biting into them later, were fine. They they still had the same great taste. Uh, they stayed warm, and everything about it was still great. These are one of my favorite appetizers at Alamo, mm-hmm. hands down. How many do you get? You get 
four. 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 Okay. That's not a lot. What's but they're the they're very they're rich. Big. They're big. There's yeah. Eight hundred ninety something yeah. calories in those four. They're like croquettes. Yep. Pretty l- like a meatball size. Yeah. Yeah. How much does that cost? Two thousand dollars. <laughs> I think it's nine. Yeah. Ooh, not that's, oh my god. It's pretty steep. It's, it pretty sounds steep. Okay. It, it sounds about right. Look, let's not rail on the price until the very end. Okay. We, <laughs> we're, we're gonna have that complaint with every single item on this menu. I'm pretty sure. I did also get the buffalo cauliflower. As you were saying before recording, for about five and a half weeks, I ended up going vegan, and so this was the first major meal eating after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, my taste buds were a little different. Those are very good and can be very deceptive in terms of if you want chicken, something that tastes like chicken, sure. huh. you bite into that and it's, it tastes like you're biting into buffalo uh, chicken wings. Yeah. Comes with vegan ranch, but once again, tastes like ranch and it tastes at times better than the real ranch. They're on the outside crispy. Uh, sometimes some pieces that are bigger it tastes like they're a little less cooked. So there's a little more water sure. to those uh, and a little soggier. But if you get the the smaller pieces, those are the best. Now, here's the thing. You end up getting a full platter uh, of these buffalo cauliflowers. And that is about the same cost. I think it is the same price as the croquettes. Mm. I would say if you were to choose between the two, I may recommend the cauliflower because there's so much... It's hard to finish this with one person. If you split it and then you get something else, like say you go see a movie and you get popcorn as well, that's fine. But you're going to feel very full eating this plus something else. They have a lot of good appetizer options. They used to have, when they first opened, poutine. Now they have loaded fries, but it's not as good. I mean, they had the actual cheese curds on the poutine and that was delicious. Lindsay and I would go and split that. That was like our big indulgence when we would go to the Alamo. Let's get into our entrees. Ooh, let's do. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to unveil a brand new bylaw, I guess. Bylaw. It's like a bylaw of a law. So, this is the this is a subdedict. Okay. So, the dedict, of course, as everybody knows, if the restaurant serves something with the the name of the restaurant in it, then I have to order the that item it's usually not very good uh (laughs) the new bylaw of the dedict (laughs) of course is the spring food mo dedict bylaw (laughs) 4-17 cashew rules everything around me cream get the cashew (laughs) cream get the cashew yes And that is to say, if there is a non-Asian restaurant here in Spring Food Mo that decides that they want to take on Springfield-style cashew chicken as the Alamo Drafthouse Batlock, the Batlock, uh, uh, Matlock, as the <laughs> Alamo Drafthouse Backlot has decided to do, I will be eating that. So I got the Springfield-style cashew chicken that uh, you heard in the bio. Nice. Not bad. Oops. I'm spoiling my thoughts, even though I didn't get it. <laughs> have, you, have you had I've it before? Tried most of the things on this menu. Have, have you guys either no, of you had never, the never had chicken it. before? I've won it. Was this your first time having it? This was absolutely my first time. This is only my second time, I think, having food at the Alamo. Okay. Uh, second or third, maybe. The Springfield ca- style cashew chicken is <laughs> big, crispy chunks of white meat covered in cashew sauce 
topped with green onions and cashews. I was asked if I'd like extra chicken, which obviously, yes, in general. That's new. I I'd do never heard chicken. them do that before. Yeah, it was strange. She tried to upsell us on a couple more things, but I was just like, if if extra chicken is one, like I'll absolutely go that direction. Uh-huh. The chicken was tender and crispy, crispy to the point where I was self-conscious eating it, particularly in the quieter moments during the beginning <laughs> of the movie. I don't know if you uh, noticed me taking smaller bites andy yeah dan i pay attention to you when a movie's playing i just felt like the crunch would echo throughout the theater and drown out a key line that everyone would oh boo me. buddy i'm gonna get to something about <laughs> like that later the pieces were big enough and hot enough to require two bites at least per piece so we're talking a whole minefield of potentially movie ruining <laughs> bites the sauce was not too salty and had just a little sweetness the closest comparison I could make for the sauce would be Andy's mom's sauce, oh. which is to say it was what does that good. Mean? The pace at which I was eating led to some mostly soggy fried rice. Mm. The rice was also plagued by my not wanting to scrape my fork across the bottom of the metal pan. <laughs> That's the I, worst. I kind of wish that they would not come like, I don't know what other material they could make it out of, but Just the fork on the metal pan really had me self-conscious I, much more even than the chicken. I kind of think first 30 minutes at the Alamo. It's open season. It, you it's, just got to do what you got sure, yeah. The movie was just very quiet. Yeah. There were some very quiet contemplative moments. I ate this during Avengers Endgame. I think you guys had some side quests to the theater but yeah. you know danny's only making one trip baby <laughs> not gonna lie i have often whenever it comes to that just used my fingers as a fork and i, I was just, almost like, scoop going it to. out uh, the fried rice seemed like it was probably the weakest part but i don't want to judge it too harshly because like i said i let it sit around for a while but the pan was absolutely filled with chicken uh it was very tasty as somebody who has had some extensive uh, reviewing of cashew uh-huh. chicken goes i can uh-huh. i think i can speak with some authority that this is some tasty cashew chicken it's yeah, more expensive it's than you're gonna spend elsewhere but it is quality i mean i yeah it, i it wish was very good. they would do a general version because it is high quality yeah. chicken would love a different sauce on there yeah I, I just thought it was cool that they you know took on the springfield style cashew chicken and I, I was glad to have it so does that pass your quality check <laughs> oh i love the podcast name by the way good job snagging that one i came up with that <laughs> that was true that honestly was all drew i'm serious so I, I chose the titan burger it is double beef patties with swiss and smoked ghost chili pepper cheeses garnished with a titan sauce made from bacon pickled jalapenos and sauteed onions and it comes with a pickle and fries. Let me tell you. If you, you like these fries, we break them down the fries. Well, let's talk fries right now. Let's I'm not, do it. I've never had them, so I can't say. I've oh, never wow. had them. Well, this yeah. comes with a, a fairly modest portion of the Alamo standard fries. They have some mm-hmm. little, they sprinkle something what on kind there. Kind of seasoning. A seasoning that's I think good. That might be salt you're thinking of. <laughs> no, it goes beyond <laughs> salt because there's, there's a little pepper. kick to it. So it's like the steak and shake seasoning. It's yeah, like I don't know. Spicier. Sure. Uh, so it came with that standard fries. I, I like them. They go down well. The first thing I noticed about this burger was just how greasy it was. I, the whole bottom bun was oh. completely soaked in wow. grease. It was, I mean, I, I showed Daniel my fingers after this and it looked like I had dipped it in something. <laughs> Sometimes that's good. I don't know if I want a soggy bun, a bottom bun. Uh, the burger had a nice kick from those ghost pepper cheese. And I too had a ranch dressing. I requested it and 
pairing it with that, with a nice with that kick with the, the ranch dressing really works. How nice cools down the taste buds just a little bit. Soggy bottom bun. What is this? <laughs> oh brother, where art thou? <laughs> <laughs> that soggy bun tasted great dipping it in the ranch. Uh, I thought the the patties were very filling, nice solid patties. And it says it comes with so-called Titan sauce. I, I couldn't tell you what the taste was. Yeah. <laughs> there was no taste. I think the the heat of this burger kind of overwhelmed everything else. What about it was Avengers-y? Was it because of the just heat? B- the name. I guess the, just the name. Yeah, yeah, they just came up with a cool name. I, yeah. I, I, I guess Thanos has a little kick to him, and they wanted to oh. uh, add the ghost pepper <laughs> nice. to it. Is it like a burger only Thanos could handle? <laughs> I handle it just fine. I was worried. This is the thing. We went. Uh, we saw the movie the day before, and I had wanted to get this that night. My stomach doesn't handle heat. Mm. Let's just say I can get off track, and I didn't want to <laughs> ruin myself for sure, a three-hour movie. Wanna, yeah. It's important. <laughs> so we had it the next day, and my stomach handled it fine, even though it had that kick to it. Um, overall, I really enjoyed the burger. Besides the wet bun, that nice. is that was the big turnoff. But I don't know how about you, I don't know what you guys do. If I have a burger and fries, I learned this from my papa. <laughs> you eat the fries first because you don't want cold fries. Oh. So I go in a specific order. So maybe it's sitting on that sitting. Yeah. I don't know. It takes five minutes to eat fries. It's soaking in. So you're a compartmental eater. That's I not do it. Me. I start pickle first, eat the pickle, do fries, and then do burger. Wow. I, every time, no matter where well, I go. The, why not wait for the pickle until the end? And that way... I love it, pickles. I want to get that done yeah. quick. Okay. <laughs> I agree there. Pickles first to go. I take a bite all over that plate. Yeah. I mix it up. Give me some variety. But to each their own. I don't like cold fries. Yeah, mileage varies on that. I mean, some fries are fine cold. I feel like ones that are cooked with cornstarch especially. Mm, yes. Those will stay crispy, and the heat doesn't even matter that much. But I'm kind of with you on the Alamo fries. They're very salty. The very salty fries, they're very thick and soft, and they're not crispy fries. They're fine. They're pretty good. I especially enjoy the loaded fries, as I mentioned before. Yeah, those are good too. Yeah. Well, I got something also off of the Avengers menu. Drew and I went at 5.40 Friday night, day two of the Avengers being out. It was actually very quiet inside. And huh. so we sit down, we're served right away, and we get our food. Yeah, 15 minutes, 30 seconds in, they bring out the entrees. I got the chicken shawarma wrap inspired by the first Avengers film in credit scene. Mm-hmm. Won't say what it is. Gave away 50% of that in credits if you've not seen that yet. Uh, if you haven't seen it in I the think last it's eight years. safe to say it's people eating shawarma. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel bad about spoiling it. It's very consequential it's, to it the is. entire MCU. It everything away. <laughs> it's kind of great. It humanizes that. I love the yeah. fact that all these years later, we're still talking about something that is a 15-second scene uh-huh. at the very end. We're, we're bring, so it's tiny. on a menu six years later. It's great. I am a huge fan of shawarma. I studied abroad for a while. Every week I'd get that as a wrap and it was really good. I was really looking forward to that, uh, to, for having this. And so we have uh, chicken shawarma and some nice veggies wrapped up in this pita bread. And along with that is some couscous. Now the server had mistaken, she thought it came with chips and salsa. Oh, I can't tell you the number of times he's gotten free food there because of something. <laughs> Meanwhile, I this never happened to me. <laughs> he's got a real free food there. Yeah, and it's all, exactly. I'm always sitting right next to him. I'm like, how did you get that? And, so f- and that's what happened for this. But the chicken shawarma wrap, I dive right into it. 
I tear back the tinfoil, I buy them. And, you know, the one thing that I do have to say, too, that's kind of frustrating about having wraps like this that are chicken shawarma, you have the bread that is there in the front, and there's so much bread, I feel like you have to tear a lot of that away. Yeah, and it's toss. Yeah, because there's just so much. If you take two bites, it's almost all bread. Now, that's not a dig against their chicken shawarma wrap, but just in general, I feel like if you go to any place and you get like street meat like this, you have to do that. Like I'm tossing away bread at the very beginning because it's like, they're just too much. I don't want bread. It's kind of my issue with any gyro is the bread to filling ratios. Yeah. Overwhelming. Uh, yeah. Unbalanced. Yeah. Now those veggies, uh, crisp. They are very crisp. There's an onion and a cucumber and that was nice and refreshing. And <laughs> now the chicken was kind of sitting at the bottom of the wrap. So at the top, there are just smaller pieces. I do have to say the chicken was a little colder oh. than I was expecting. Hmm. And I felt, okay, a couple of bites in, I'm sure that's just going to be due to the veggies. But no, it was actually, I was worried at first that maybe the chicken wasn't cooked thoroughly or maybe it had, had been sitting out or I don't know. Something Say it was fully wrapped in tinfoil. Yes. I feel the like they bottom. probably made a Pre-made. ton of those yep. for the premiere weekend. Uh-huh. You know? And so uh-huh. they had, and so that, that would be a good point because for them, everything about the veggies were fine. The bread wasn't yeah. soggy like the bun that Drew you had, but the chicken itself was just a little, it was, it was I'd say lukewarm. Hmm. I would say that would be the best way to describe it. Toward the end, I started to notice that this sauce that they had on it was a nice citrus taste and it gave an, a nice aftertaste too especially eating the couscous with them i finished it it was great i started eating some of the chips and salsa once they brought it out <laughs> but the thing is with the chips and salsa there was this tiny cup i took a photo and posted that on our instagram account and you can see that there are a lot of chips just a little bit of salsa i took most of those home oh. they've got some some great chips their salsa is uh, pretty decent as well. It's not too overwhelming. It's a very mild salsa. Overall, though, I'd say I'd much rather have the chips and salsa by themselves or the chips and queso rather than having that mixed in with the, uh, a wrap, like the chicken shawarma wrap. I ordered what's probably my favorite entree item on the menu. As I said, I've been here. You know what we should do? We should take out our apps and tell how many visits we have <laughs> on our Alamo apps. I don't have to take mine. I can tell you I have 97 <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, lifetime? That's that lifetime? missing some. Anyway, I have 97. So I've had several opportunities to eat here. I would say that I've probably eaten at the Alamo more than any other restaurant in Springfield for the last couple of years. Wow. Though the podcast has hindered that a little bit. A lot of sure. times I'll go out to eat before now just to get a review restaurant in. Frito Pie Burger. Ooh, I want mm. that. It's very good. It sounds Oops, good, but messy. It. I'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> the Frito Pie Burger has... A single patty, and it's topped with chili, cheddar cheese, cotija cheese, scallions, jalapenos, red onions, and aioli. It is a kind of amazingly constructed burger. The patty is huge and has a nice ladling of chili on top. It's a generous handful of Fritos Mm. over the chili, and you put the top bun on top of that. You can still hold it in two hands, even with all that stuff. Part of this is due to the thick dense sesame seed bun has black and white seeds but uh credit has to go to whoever is back there in the kitchen assembling these every burger 
I've ever had has been put together with great balance. So you're, you're never getting the patty halfway off the bun. None of that like inattentive fast food sloppiness. You know what I mean? The flavor is pretty solid as well. Uh, there's high-grade beef. The chili is nice and hearty, but not overly greasy. And the jalapenos give the whole thing a little heat. Nothing too crazy. The layer of Fritos over the top of the chili give the first few bites a nice crunch, but maybe halfway through, the chili grease sogs them up, and there's only that salty flavor left, which is obviously still delicious. Fritos, great. Is this the best burger in town? No, no, no. Not, not by a long shot. But the quality does come fairly close to justifying the $13 price tag, which is really saying something. And of course, the burger comes with the fries. We've already been over that. Let's get into our dessert items. The Alamo has a pretty limited dessert menu. There's basically cookies and shakes. They have regular shakes, meaning non-alcoholic shakes, and then alcoholic shakes. AKA booze shakes. Yeah, <laughs> bakes. <laughs> or as they were described, adult. Mm. And then... While I ordered ours, I said, I'll take the child's version. And she <laughs> loved it. <laughs> I had the Askinosi shake. One of my absolute favorite dessert items is the Askinosi concrete from mm. Andy's. So Ooh. I thought that this might be something of an approximation. I didn't even read the in menu description because I just saw Askinosi shake and thought that sounds incredible. You have me at Askinosi. I know, right? The menu describes it as Askinosi chocolate, vanilla ice cream, and whipped cream. Mm. Now, this was very much a chocolate shake, so I'm assuming they broke down the Askinosi in some way to chocolatize that well, they were <laughs> vanilla ice cream. There were little chocolate bars on top. There were. There were three little chocolate bars on top, and as far as I can tell, that is the only Askinosi I'm, that comes anywhere near the shake. I'm pretty sure they use Askinosi hmm. cocoa. I So, I don't doubt it. However, I just think dark chocolate has a hard time translating in flavor mm -hmm. to anything that's not a dark chocolate bar. I can tell you, Dan... I accidentally had a couple sips of yours uh -huh. because it was set in front of me, yes. not you. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and when Lindsay and I have split that one mm -hmm. in the past, and it's uh, very different. Really? We've had a very rich dark chocolatey Eskinoshi shake. This there tasted before. exactly like a regular chocolate shake. I think like it might have been a regular a, chocolate shake. A frosty, sorry to tell basically. You. It did have Eskinoshi pieces on top. I, I was thinking maybe I was just missing it because, like, that the concrete at Andy's has those nibs in there uh -huh. and really get all that powerful bitter flavor. But overall, I was pretty disappointed in this. I even lost some of the Askinosi pieces because I drank it too far and there's no <laughs> long spoon to retrieve them. <laughs> so I, I could have like really craned it back and like gotten it to slide down hmm. the whipped cream, but it just wasn't happening for me. I, I would like to try it with a bolder, more dark chocolate flavor, but over, I'm glad to hear that you have had a different experience with it because this was just straight up a chocolate shake. Yeah, it, it was. I am 90% sure that you got either a, a new version since I last had it or they just gave you a chocolate shake and charged yeah. you extra. Yeah, because it was to the <laughs> oh, point where man. they handed it to you first uh -huh. and you had gotten something with chocolate in it and like mm. took a few sips. And Yeah. I don't know. That or you were just trying to drink my freaking drink <laughs> no I'll, I'll get into mine i got i got a breakfast stout shake i got one of the adult Ooh. beverages <laughs> has, has that founders yes has founders breakfast stout maple syrup candied bacon oh vanilla highland ice cream 
and whipped cream. I love a thick milkshake, and I love, I mean, absolutely lust after Founders <laughs> Breakfast Stout. It's this dense, dark beer with an intense bite, a complex flavor. It's a little oaty, a little chocolatey, and has a slight bitter coffee and kick sweating. to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost never order shakes or dessert at the Alamo unless it's date night, and we're going to share it. Get a little Lady in the Tramp scenario going on. So there's only one straw, so basically just like you're you're making you're each out on with one some end plastic and it's just going your, back and forth. <laughs> no, you're you're making out with plastic between your faces. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for listening. Anyway, the breakfast stout shake was very, very tasty. <laughs> the intense flavor of the beer cut through all the added sweetness. It was creamy and smooth, went down far too easy. I drink shakes way faster than I drink beers, and as soon oh. as the shake's done, I want to have something else in my hand. That's the thing at the Alamo. Sometimes I'll finish whatever I'm drinking with like 30 minutes of the movie to go. I'm like, oh, should I get another? And the answer is no, I definitely shouldn't. I need to drive home and I don't want to spend another $6. I didn't get anything else. The candy bacon had a hard crunch and a strong smoky flavor that added a whole different dimension to the experience. Maybe one of every 10 sips had some bacon in it. And those sips were the absolute best. Some of the tastiest bites of the entire Alamo dining project this week. However, I will say that most of the candied bacon, Dan, similar to you, it sunk to the bottom of the glass and was very Mm -hmm. difficult to get it out of there without being horribly distracting to the people around me trying to watch the movie. Not to mention me, who was also trying to watch the movie. I certainly couldn't slurp them up. It's not a gross monster. I couldn't tip the glass up and let them slide down the side into my mouth because that's also pretty distracting. I didn't want to look away from the screen long enough to glance down at the bottom of the glass and use the straw to work the bacon to the top. Actually, what I wound up doing was quickly tipping it up and working the bacon out with the straw into my mouth. So I don't know if <laughs> I don't know if that was bad etiquette. Maybe I was. I would have tilted it. I got no problems tilting. Yeah, I was overthinking it. The bad etiquette yeah. was whenever you took your knife and clinked the little bottom of the glass <laughs> to tap no, the pieces into I, your I mouth. I clinked it and I was like, server, <laughs> server, I need a spoon. I'll tell you what, you know, I, I was all nervous about the chewing and the forks, but by far the most noise I got in the whole screening was the man next to me, I think maybe was just eating a little too fast mm. <laughs> and was just breathing very heavily <laughs> after he, I think he was maybe also nervous and wanted to get a lot down quickly and then he would just... <laughs> <laughs> And I could hear him very well, just like having big old breaths. Did you ask him if he was okay? Or oh, he was fine. He's good. He I, was just getting excited. My, I've wondered if you guys have sat next to anyone in Alamo and they've actually started choking before on food. What do you do? No. Uh, like what you happens? Just do the reasonable human thing and put the little card. Either out. Put a help, card. Out. Help yeah. them if you can, or run out of there. And I, I think there's a pretty. <laughs> He passes Pretty obvious out. set of uh, actions. He or she passes out, and you're like, the card was up. I did my job. <laughs> look, they were about to kiss. <laughs> was I supposed to look away? Come on, Thanos just came on screen again. I just had to. I would have know. called nine one one, but you're pretty explicit about the rules on cell phones. <laughs> so the QC gentleman, I believe you both ordered off the Avengers menu for your shakes. Yes, QCGs. like you and your you and Lindsay, we shared. We did. Oh, really? we no, we didn't really. Do that. <laughs> uh, we did the Awake Until Endgame shake. It's got Alamo coffee toddy, Ooh, a fiery good. ginger syrup. Oreo crumbles and vanilla ice cream. We did not, or at least I didn't, add the malt whiskey to make it an adult. No, I got the child. I was a child. Yep, child's version. The first thing you notice is that ginger taste. It is 
very strong, and there is a subtle layer of the coffee. Not very noticeable, wow. at least the one I had. Yeah, it's the same. Sadly, the Oreo crumbles are only on the top. I always scoop the whipped cream off the top, and they were gone. So I was left with the ginger taste and the vanilla ice cream. And I like to get shakes. I like a good thick shake. This was not it. I like shakes that are very sweet. This was not sweet. I wasn't huge on this shake. Would never get it again. I actually had about half of mine left by the time we left. I you never finished. Never do that. Yeah, I'm saying no. Like <laughs> I downed it for the how much I spent alone. But uh-huh. but what's weird is like Andy, you mentioned it, during a movie you'll end up getting something to drink, especially a milkshake, and I'll finish that in like two minutes at max, mm-hmm. and that's what I did during the night that we went in to see Avengers Endgame. But for this, I just I, I it was the gender taste. It was oh, very. Yeah. It was it was overwhelming at times. And I will add ground ginger to some of my foods, but ginger mel- you pick up off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> weird. And I, I will. That's Freak. the only way to do it. Uh, <laughs> so Raquel, or- not to interrupt, but Raquel showed up about thirty minutes late. That's your lady friend, and you were like, "Here, take a sip of this." She had no idea what it was. Took a sip, and you would have thought you had given her pickle juice. She was like, "Oh, what is that?" Yeah, she was not a fan. The ginger was very potent, mm-hmm. but in a shake, it definitely tasted a little off Mm. the other thing that i kind of had a problem with it there's a dash of oreos and if you're going to promise a shake with some oreos let's have some oreos in that you know i feel like it was missing something sweet i would say it was okay the ice cream was a nice in between it wasn't frozen like you don't have your giant chunks of ice cream for sometimes you end up getting a shake or it's so thick it's so hard to drink never had that problem at alamo uh, and it was also not melted. Like you get some shakes that are just like basically drinking yeah. milk, you know? It wasn't that way at all. It was a nice in-between. For me, it was harder to drink because of that ginger taste. Everything else that had uh, some great ingredients, I'd I'd be interested what it'd be like to get this shake without the ginger, mm. maybe add a dash of the ginger or more of the Oreos. I'd be down for that instead. That's basically just a vanilla shake then. Or cookies and cream <laughs> shake. The Alamo has one solid dessert, <laughs> meaning dessert, it's not a shake. They have cookies. Mm. Actually, sort of three different types of cookies, but Dan and I decided to order the cookie trio, which gives you one right. of each. Ooh. All the orders come with three cookies for the low, low price of $7. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, a, so you only get three cookies? You get three cookies yeah, total. Yeah, it's only just over $2 a uh-huh. cookie. $2.33. You know... I can get those 99-cent packages of high-quality cookies at Walmart, and they have three cookies. Oh, yeah. It's basically those. It comes with a traditional chocolate chip cookie, a triple chocolate cookie, and a candy cookie. The candy cookie Hmm. allegedly includes Reese's Pieces, M&M's, Heath Bar Crumbles, and chopped Snickers, though I didn't detect any of those, really. Dan, you said, hmm. You seemed surprised to learn that there was candy in one of those cookies. I did not know what the trio of cookies was. Yeah. I knew that we had received a trio of cookies. And a big thing I was trying to do was guess which one <laughs> I was having. And I would not have gone with candy cookie yes. for any of them. Both the chocolate chip and the candy cookies were overbaked. Oh, yes. Dry and crunchy. Oh, my God. <laughs> not great. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah they, they were very bad. 
they were smaller than they used to be too. What? Yeah, I I got these once. It was right when they opened. I think it might have been one of the preview screenings and everything was half off. It's like, yeah, I'm going to get like three different things. And the cookies then I remember being very good, but this time they were small. Two of them were actively unenjoyable. Just like crunch. Yeah. Like- However, I will say the triple chocolate chip cookie was pretty good. That was the first one that we tried, Dan. Oh, okay. Yes. That was the only one that I remember enjoying at mm-hmm. all. The second one I thought was a snickerdoodle. Yeah. I didn't get any kind of chocolate flavor chocolate in chocolate chip cookie. Yeah. It didn't taste like a chocolate chip cookie. It was mostly crunch. Yeah. I think it was just overcooked to the point mm. where you were getting like just the oil in the cookie flavor. Yeah. <laughs> the triple chocolate had more moistness to it. Uh, it had a strong cocoa flavor, which I love in a dessert. It reminded me of one of those Otis Spunkmeyer chocolate chip Ooh, muffins. That kind of takes me back to high school. Oh, yeah. Used to have one of those jumbo Otis muffins with my lunch every single day. I don't think you can do that anymore. <laughs> so, are we ready to rate this place? I'm, I'm ready. ready. Out of five, uh, I don't know, upgraded cines. <laughs> <laughs> How would you rate the backlot at the Alamo Draft House? Keeping in mind that we are reviewing it as a restaurant, just a f- place to eat, not a place to watch movies. As a restaurant, it's just okay. The the only reason they can get away with like serving things for this price and these quantities are because it's in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. At least every time I've been there, their service has been pretty good. I I really really enjoyed the cashew chicken this time. I would probably get it again. Um, it's about twice the price of any other cashew chicken you're going to find, yeah. but still very good. Yeah. Uh, that being said, three. three. I'll give it three. It's fair. Daniel. I'll start out by saying that the service was great. Five minutes and 30 seconds in, we got our shakes. You keep saying these times. You actually timed it. I timed it. it. No, we timed it. As soon as as we sat down, I told Drew, I was like, I've got this thing that I'm wanting to do where I time it to make sure that I can say how long it may end up taking. Because I thought with Avengers Endgame, the second night that it's showing and the first full day, it's going to be packed there. We've had some really shoddy service, by the way, which mm -hmm. is why one reason why we timed it. Yeah. Uh, same here. We we decided not to eat there before the end game showing on Thursday night for that reason. I just figured they'd be slammed. Really, they were turning them out. Uh, mm-hmm. That was one thing. I, I know we're not talking about the movie theater portion, but I've waited in line for a lot of opening nights of very uh-huh. large movies. This is the largest movie I can even imagine. We went on Thursday night, the very opening night. And there was no line. The parking lot was full, but uh, we walked into our theater and sat down. That is just so a great miracle of Uh modern times we don't need to get into how hard it was to get those tickets it was a three-hour process oh yeah so there was a line that was waited in just not by you yeah (laughs) andy waited in line at the mall like he used to yeah this is uh, where Ticketmaster is right that's how this works (laughs) so five and a half minutes and we get our shakes 15 and a half minutes and we get our entrees and we're there for a very short period of time uh, the service, like I said, was great. The atmosphere is a lot of fun. It's this vintage throwback. It reminds me a lot of the Shining Hotel Bar Restaurant that's there and oh, Jack Nicholson yeah. goes to. Uh, it just has that feeling of being from like the 30s and toward the end, there's a band that started playing. Uh. It was a little louder, um, so we weren't able to talk to each other. 
that much. I like their nice outdoor area where they open up the windows in the front and you can go and sit outside. But whenever you've got someone who's dealing with seasonal allergies, that could also be a little <laughs> bit of a turnoff. They were playing Avengers films on the monitors behind us on sci-fi and FX. Oh. So that was cool. Building yeah. into this overall like Avengers theme and feeling. Um, so that was great. Uh, the price, however, that definitely starts to go down. It cost $40 before tax. For you and get, your date? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she only got technically two appetizers. I got the shawarma wrap and the shake, and all of that's 40 bucks. That is just a little too pricey, I, I feel like. I would give this, uh, honestly, a two and a half out of five. Uh, fair. Point five. I don't, if we're judging it just based on the restaurant alone, yep. um, there were just certain things that it really started to go down in my book. Uh, things that I really like, things that are that, that are great, but... You know, when you're talk, talking about price and the quality, knock that down quite a bit for me. You're talking about prices. My burger was seventeen dollars. <laughs> so crazy, seventeen That's bucks. Wild. So I got a shake that was eight, and then I also got a coke. I spent by myself thirty four with tip. Uh-huh. When I, I mentioned I spent the price, thirty before tip. Yeah. It's it's. That's too much for me. When I, I, don't, I don't think I'm a cheap person, but that is too much for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I feel the same way about myself. When I mentioned that, I was like, wow, this was 40 bucks. And you were I like, what? I flipped my check to and I said, suck on that because I spent <laughs> that. But I feel like that's worth it if it's being brought to you in a movie. I think the problem is eating at the right. back lot. Like, yeah. If for it's the a, convenience fee, yeah, I'm, I'm totally willing to pay that. And that's I, a very good point, yeah. I think just at this point, when I go to Alamo, and I'm watching something. It's popcorn and a drink. Yeah. I've kind of moved past getting food. This was a different... Uh, obviously, we did this for a reason. The price drops it down for me. I didn't think it was worth it. I would say two and a half. Two I didn't care half. for the shake. Totally fair. But totally again, the fair. service is fantastic. And we got our food so fast. And the server, she was very friendly, very nice. And that... I mean, that's great. Two and a half for Drew. I don't have a soliloquy plan for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree with just about everything everybody said. I really like that Frito Pie burger. The only place you can really get something like that in town, as far as I know, is Casper's. And I much prefer Casper's, and it's about literally a third of the price there. Wow. I went three times this week. I had a total of three drinks, one entree, one appetizer, one shake. I purchased in advance a $100 gift card. Because they're doing a thing for Mother's Day where it's 15% off. I was like, oh, I'll save a little bit of money. Sure. Would anybody like to guess what's left on my gift card? I didn't buy any movie tickets. This is only oh, food. only on food. I want to guess what I have left. No. Five bucks. Oh. That's, that's, that's low. That's pretty low. <laughs> um, 1353. 22. I have $18.18 left. That means I spent $82 oh, over three trips to the Alamo Draft yep. House just on food and beverages. That's not normal. Back in the glory days of Movie Pass, and I was seeing movies all the time for free, I, w- I would go and spend money a little bit more willy-nilly because I felt like my movie money could go toward the food instead of the uh, ticket. But uh, I don't eat like this at the Alamo on a regular basis, and I certainly don't eat there just to eat there. I'm never going to stop by for food just yeah. as if I'm driving around. Well, when Alamo gets its own movie pass thing, will you spend more liberally? One hundred per. Because we were talking about that, <laughs> how excited we are for that. Because we, I'm already there once a week, yeah, at least maybe more. twice, and with whatever that comes out, I will get, and I could be there even more. I haven't stopped seeing tons of movies. What I've stopped doing is going to the the rep screenings, like watching the old movies, because mm-hmm. I would do that all the time. Because yeah. it's very easy to 
you know, uh, take advantage of movie passes policies and uh, get tickets to those for free as well as the new releases. So I'm going to go, man, I'm tempted to go 2.5, but I do enjoy the food even if it costs a lot. Now, th- if this was about half the price, which is probably what it would be at a regular restaurant sure. without the, with, with, with a regular markup rather than the outrageous markup at the Alamo, it would probably be like a four-star restaurant for me, but because of the price, I'm going to go with three stars. I feel bad doing 2.5. You shouldn't feel bad. Yeah, I mean, no. I, I feel the same way about that because it's like, it sounds like I hated it, but I didn't and I don't. Yeah, if, but, if, if the price is lower, it would be higher, but that's uh, I have to factor that in because I was shocked. So one more thing before we move on from Alamo Draft House, let's talk popcorn. It's movies. I know everybody here except me loves popcorn. Tell us about that Alamo popcorn, boys. I love it. Love the butter. You get double butter every time, right? <laughs> I've never done that. I've been tempted to ask for that and see what they do, but I'm a big fan of it. Now, I also like to get the Parmesan herb as well, and it comes in a cup to its side, and that tastes really good with the butter. Sometimes if there's a little too much butter, then that can be you know, a little overwhelming, but I like the way it smells. It's It sounds crazy, but there, no, it has a good smell to it. There are times I will wake up and I'm like smelling that. I've randomly. smelled it too randomly throughout mm-hmm. the day. And I'm I don't like, need that greasy metal bowl. <laughs> Just <laughs> me with that greasy when metal you bowl. You, what you want them to do is to bring a two handfuls of popcorn in their bare hands and set it on your lap. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's cool that they're like protecting Mother Earth, Gaia, and all that, getting real crunchy with their no buckets. And I've actually lifted up popcorn and had seen it drip. Oh yeah, yeah, Man. and that's a that's a standard. You know what I do whenever that happens? I turn my head upside down and I tilt the bowl and just let it fall in. Alamo popcorn on and popping, as it were. (laughs) Let's move into a very special, hopefully short, segment of movie meals. Woo! So normally we have this segment where we highlight a meal from a recent movie we have watched, but since we have guests from an esteemed movie podcast on today, we thought we would each count down our top three movie meals. So, Dan Howell, why don't you start? We'll go around the table. Number three. Oh, goodness. I really, really like that steak from The Matrix, the one that uh, Cypher's says name? Cypher. 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 The steak tricks. Uh, Joe Pantoliano, Joey Pants, eats a delicious, rare red steak in front of Hugo Weaving and tells him about how he knows it's not real and he knows it's just the Matrix. Um, it's a great scene. It makes me like really want a steak and it makes me realize that were I awoken from the Matrix, I would be much like Joey Pants and want to go back in. I had to follow that up with a tie-in to... A local celebrity. He's a massive celebrity. Brad Pitt, one of his films. Ocean's Eleven. There's no one particular scene. It's the entire movie. He's constantly chowing down on something. Chowing down on the scenery. I know, Sam. (laughs) In multiple ways. I call Lost Wages. (laughs) I can't ever really recall any other character in cinema history doing that as much as that. I'm sure they exist, but it just... That seemed to be excessive, but in a great way. I loved it. He got that from my mom. They went to school together. (laughs) Kickapoo. He's going to be in that uh, Kobayashi movie, I hear. Oh. Uh, I have... The hot dog uh, eating. (laughs) (laughs) Please, sorry. Somebody would be very offended by that if that actually happened. (laughs) 
Uh, number three, I'm actually, I wrote something different. I'm going to change it. I'm doing Harry Potter. Nice. Just as a whole, the dining hall brings back memories of school. He's eating, one of those tasty owls. Eating at all, <laughs> <laughs> eating at all times of day, morning, afternoon, at night, just pork, just pigging out. And they always make the food look so good. Good eating in those, yeah. in those movies. Yeah. So many. My number three is not the best movie, but it's got a great food scene. It's Spider-Man 3, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3, the only Spider-Man series to make it to three entries so far. It has some moments in the movie that are just magic, some great shifts in character dynamics. Harry Osborn is in the process of becoming the Green Goblin. He's discovered that his former best friend Peter Parker killed his dad, and now Harry is out to ruin every aspect of Peter's life including stealing his girlfriend, Mary Jane Watson. It's me, your dad, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Peter proposes to Mary Jane, gets rejected, and immediately meets his buddy Harry at a cafe for coffee and pie. Of course, Harry watched the botched proposal from a distance. Uh, Peter tells Harry what's been happening, that there's another man in Mary Jane's life, and then Harry lays it out for Peter. I'm the other guy. He says, <laughs> just Pe- like that. Yeah. Peter storms out of the cafe. We see Harry smile just a little, just a tiny bit. His server comes by to warm up his coffee and she asks Harry, how's the pie? Harry takes a bite and then with his mouth full, this massive smile breaks out on his face. Just the most smug, self-satisfied, maniacal smile. smile. Yeah, you could say that. <laughs> he says, so good. <laughs> It's a total non sequitur. It really has no place in the movie, and honestly, it breaks the pacing, as do many, many parts of that movie. I was going to say, there's a lot of stuff. uh, (laughs) I'm in a mirror. I I just find that part of the movie so deeply funny, like hilarious right down to my soul. It's like the most (laughs) natural moment James Franco has ever had on screen. Dan, you're number two. Oh, did not write a full list of three, so (laughs) on to other Daniel. Next. Well, this scene is something that is a classic. One of the greatest scenes ever played out in film history. And it takes place over dinner. What is it? Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the original Ridley Scott alien film Uh, where we're introduced to the chestburster alien. Yes. And the crossover episode with Quality Check where we're talking about the Avengers work great whenever they're all talking with each other. Mm -hmm. I thought the same with alien. They're sitting down at table... We're starting to know these people a little bit more, having fun. It's intimate. It seems like something we've had at Thanksgiving dinner or sometime where you're just wanting to kind of hang out with friends. And then there's panic and (laughs) horror and some of the greatest practical effects in cinema history all happening at a dinner table. That's my number two pick. That's a good one. Uh, Number two, I have Rocky. Yeah. Five raw eggs. Now it's time yeah, to that's pump. That's a good one. At one point, I watched this as a kid. Rocky wakes up at 4 a.m. He cracks five raw eggs into a glass and pours it down his throat. And I thought, that's how you get ripped. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do it. Look <laughs> at me, guys. I'm on the Rocky diet. Our uh, mutual friend Jason and I once did the thing where you crack a raw egg into a beer and chug it. Mm. <laughs> we did that on thanksgiving morning <laughs> that's a good way to start the day or again like seven years ago <laughs> my well, how was two, it was it good uh, you don't taste it you just no, swallow you it just drink it okay yeah i don't know i felt fine afterwards amazingly my stomach was a lot stronger back then my s- stomach was like the hulkbuster armor not anymore 
My number two is the strudel scene from Inglorious Bastards. Uh, this list could easily have been entirely comprised of Tarantino scenes for me. He's got so many food scenes. I get self-conscious talking about Tarantino because I think people associate his fans with that kind of bloodthirsty boondock saints energy. Like people enjoy his <laughs> movies for the violence. That's not me. Not that I don't like the violence, but there's just so much more in those movies that I find pleasurable they're, to watch. They're often described as a bloody steak of cinema. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, sure. Very rare. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's good. I love his movies for scenes like this one I'm going to talk about. Christoph Waltz as evil Nazi man, Hans Landa, <laughs> sits in a Parisian cafe with Melanie Laurent as secretly Jewish cinema owner Shoshana. He's interviewing her for the you know privilege of hosting the premiere of a Nazi propaganda film at her theater. They're talking Landa pauses to order dessert, some strudel, or more accurately, he orders two strudels, two espressos, and a glass of milk. Tarantino photographs that strudel with more sensuality than he does, you know, ladies' feet. feet. <laughs> <laughs> Telegraph that one. Pretty There's only creep. one joke to make there. <laughs> yeah. The layers of flaky dough on women's feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so sorry. The layers of flaky dough and the cream, it's just this ultimate temptation. There's the subtext to the scene the food in the scene that's so important unless you know exactly what strudel is you might miss it see strudels made with lard uh, meaning pig fat which is not kosher it's a test to see if shoshana is jewish shoshana takes a single bite that bite violates the very lifestyle she's trying to protect and when she immediately weeps after landa leaves that that's part of it it's not just him being this intense nazi she's no longer lying by omission to protect her identity and her life she's now violated the rules of that identity itself in order to protect it. She crosses a line there. And as the movie progresses, she continues to step further and further past that line. It's this amazing scene. It's made amazing by how it uses food. And I love it very much. I remember Those that Nazis. scene. I really like that one. Yeah. Those Nazis are tricksters. You got to watch <laughs> out. Daniel Posey, what's your number one? My number one pick goes to one of my favorite comedies of all time, Beverly Hills Cop. The scene that I'm specifically talking about is one where we have Axel Foley in a hotel. He orders food to distract the two detectives in Beverly Hills who are trying to track his every move. So Axel orders out uh, food from the hotel. They bring it out to the car where the detectives are. They're just constantly feeding these guys. And one of the detectives mentions wow, this is some really great stuff. He's treating us well. And the other detective gets mad at him and he's like, come on, don't you realize that this is a distraction? Meanwhile, there's another distraction happening. Axel Foley uses that to move in. Where he is using bananas, he grabbed from the front lobby of the hotel. He's shoving those bananas in the tailpipe of the detective's car. He pops in like three or four. Then he runs off, knocks, waves, and is able to get away. Not only does he dart off, but the detectives try to go after him in their car. And for some reason, it just won't go. It starts start stalling out in the road and they're stuck. Axel F is able to get away in scene. <laughs> nice. Drew, number <laughs> Axel one. Axel F. Uh, I too had a comedy. I had, uh, I, I just don't think any list is complete without the old 96er from the great outdoors. <laughs> At Paul Bunyan's <laughs> cupboard, John Candy takes on the challenge of eating an entire 96-ounce prime-aged beefsteak. And doing so earns him and his entire table a free dinner and a t-shirt. By the end, Candy is sweating profusely and literally gripping Dan Aykroyd's arm in agony. 
This scene has it all. It's got laughs. It's got wacky music. It's got a cheering crowd of onlookers who are watching someone battle the meat sweats. <laughs> There's a big pancake in Uncle Buck, right? A lot of big foods in A lot movies. of food. At one point, Ackroyd listens to Candy's stomach like a doctor and alerts <laughs> everyone that he is processing nicely. And it all ends with an off-screen vomit spray. Oh, great. <laughs> My number one is the omelet scene in the movie Big Night. Has anyone seen Big Night? Never. Never yeah. heard of it. I'm not one of those people that goes and tells people movies they have to watch or need to watch, except I did it a bunch of times to Dan and the quality <laughs> check today. But I just can't recommend this movie enough. The pleasure of experiencing the omelet scene in Big Night for the first time in the context of the movie itself was one of the greatest pleasures I've ever had watching a movie. It's this quiet moment with incredible power. The movie is a pair of brothers played by Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub. They're Italian immigrants to New Jersey in the 1950s, and they run a failing Italian restaurant together. One morning, they get word that a celebrity is coming for dinner that night, and they pull out all the stops to make it the most memorable evening ever, so maybe the celebrity will spread the word about their restaurant. That's the whole premise. The movie is basically just hanging out with the brothers and their crew as they prepare, and it's funny, sweet, sad, hijinks ensue, and it's all very massively charming. Obviously, it's full of food, but the best, the very best part is that omelet scene. I'm telling our listeners, if you haven't seen Big Night, you like food movies, or you just like movies, watch it and report back on our Instagram or wherever, because I want to know what you think. So that's our list. Thank you, Quality Check guys, for participating in that segment. Uh, the, uh, wait, who's that? Oh, oh no. Hey, what's up, guys? Heard you're doing one of the movie meal segments. <sighs> I have seen some freaking movies. We are at an hour and a half, Chad Chadshaw. Not <laughs> oh, the best no. time to bust in. Whoa, dude. Stop harshing my mellow, bro. Uh, I just wanted to tell you about some of my favorite food I, scenes from movie history. So, to start, <laughs> have you seen this movie called The Help? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. I mean, it's really good for all sorts of reasons. <laughs> But I particularly <laughs> like this pie in th- towards the end. I please don't go into detail <laughs> about the pie. All right, whatever. I mean, I've got some others. I mean, have you ever seen this movie Soylent Green? <laughs> There's like it's a pretty chill movie. Uh, Charlton Heston's in it, I think, and he's like really cool. Like especially like personally in his <laughs> politics and stuff. Real cool, dude. But yeah, at the end, there's like this food called Soylent Green, <laughs> and you'll like never guess what it's made of. <laughs> Do you have any guess? Uh, Soylent Green is people. <laughs> Pretty sure, Chad. Oh, that makes way more sense now. <laughs> oh, dang. Well, okay. There's this other movie, um, speaking of like the help, uh, there's this movie called American Pie. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, try again. I don't know. I've, I've always wanted to try Gilbert's grapes. <laughs> 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 or there's that chocolate from that other Johnny Depp movie. Chocolate? No, Transcendent, where he like joins the singularity. <laughs> what? I think he eats some chocolate in that. <laughs> Either way, I just wanted to come on to uh, let your listeners know that I'll be performing live 3.30 uh, May Wait, 5th at what? Pagination. What? Um, this what? is news to me. 
Oh, we you guys the, the Springfield Mo has that slot, buddy. I'm oh, sorry. No way. You guys are the co-headliners. That's <laughs> super cool. I don't think it's a headliner situation. <laughs> oh. It's just it's just a schedule. That's I mean, it's arts fester. You guys are even artists? <laughs> we would argue no. <laughs> oh, well, doesn't sound very chill to me. <laughs> I think it's time for you to go. Chad. All right. See you guys. <laughs> Bye, Chad. Bye, Chad. Bye, Chad. Oh, boy. I'm so glad you guys got to meet Chad Chadshaw, attorney at law. He had he's I, not an attorney. Right? I was really digging his hat. <laughs> yes. He, he's a kind of very cool hats. hat guy. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Daniel and Drew, for joining us here today yeah. for the longest ever episode of Spring Food Mo. <laughs> we made it. Well, thanks for having us. Wait, Dan. What's happening? What ha- what's happening to you? <laughs> I don't know. My uh Dan, I I don't feel so good, Mr. Carr. Wait. Uh my mine's happening to me too. Uh, huh. hmm. Well, then there were two. I'm fine. I, guess. I feel Yeah, I'm I, honestly kind of ticked off that I wasn't taken too. I got to admit, I wish that this feeling of my uh stomach being as upset as it is would be dissipated as well but whatever beggars can't be choosers so i guess we're just gonna have to close this out ourselves so how do they normally close this out do you know i've never even heard the show before in my life i have to say that we probably just better back up and walk out slowly and start putting up missing flyer posters because i don't know when these guys are going to come back Hey, thanks for listening to Spring Food Mo. We really appreciate it. And if you'd like to support our podcast, guess what? You can. Visit support.springfoodpod.com. That's support.springfoodpod.com. Thanks for the money. <laughs> Spring Food Media.